It's good to see you. If you're wondering why is he so far left stage, it's because my table and props for our series are on their way out. But I'll also uh, just want to welcome you. I want to greet you. It's so good to see your faces, to be able to high five you guys, hug you in the halls, all the things that we get to do. Thank you for being a part of the church, whether you're on the floor or up in the balcony this morning. Welcome. You guys are awesome. If you're tuning in online, I love saying welcome to you as well. Uh, I, I am constantly surprised by the amount of people that watch from different locations, and I've been uh, just the last several weeks just been giving shout outs, and so this morning I'm going to say hello to the Hoovers uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, give it up for them. Thank you guys for being a part. And I'm going to do my best Pennsylvania vernacular right here. I'm going to say, hey, thank yous for being connected with us, all right? Um, really good to have you guys. Thank you guys so much uh, for this, and hey, thank you for being a part of this a church today and a part of this series. If you don't know me, my name's Josh, and I have the privilege to serve as the lead pastor here at Church on the Rock. I love what I get to do, and I love that I get to do it with you. So we've been in a sermon series, and we've been calling it Forever. And there's really an emphasis on the number four, and it's indicated and represented by these four different cups that we have been studying for the last several weeks. And so the very first cup is known as the cup of sanctification, the next one is known as the cup of deliverance, or freedom might be a better word. Uh, this one's known as the cup of redemption, and then this one is known as the cup of praise. Um, and I love to say that's because you've already had three glasses of wine at this point, and now it's getting fun. You know what I'm saying? That's really not the point at all. But we have been working our way through the conversation about these four cups, and they derive from a scripture found in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 6. Verses 6 and 7, and we'll go there. So we've every week of the series, this is where we've began. And the verse says this, it says, Therefore say to the Israelites, so this is the voice of the Lord. He's speaking to his servant, and he's telling his servant, I've got a word for my people, and I need you to tell my people some things. And he says, this is what I want you to say. I want you to let them know that I am the Lord. Amen, everybody, that's just good to know. And he says this, I want you to tell them that I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I'll free you from being slaves to them. I'm going to redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment, and I'm going to take you as my own people. And what has happened in, for thousands of years in the Jewish culture, they have built around these four, they call them I will statements. And in the Passover celebration, if you ever took part in a Passover Seder, and I've done it, it's worth it, by the way, if you, if you can find one to connect to, and I would recommend just a messianic Jewish atmosphere where they believe Jesus is the Son of God and the only way to the Father, say amen, because that's true. Uh, I would encourage you to do it, and what they would do is during the meal, they would partake in four individual cups that have re representation, representation of being sanctified or saved, representation of being freed, being redeemed, uh, and, then, and then really being fulfilled fulfilled. And so at Church on the Rock, we say it this way, and I'd love for you to say it with me. It's going to go on the screen. We've, we've just tagged four simple things that we believe, and this, if this is your church home, I would love for you to know these four things, that we believe this is what God wants for everybody. He wants you, say it out loud with me, put it on the screen, say it out loud with me. He wants you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. In fact, I believe that what God wanted for the people of Israel is the exact same thing that God wants for you and I. I would go so far as to say that what God has wanted for mankind has always been the same. In every generation, in every culture, uh, in, in, every, in every struggle, in every season, what God wanted for his people in Israel 
is the exact same thing that God wants for you and God wants for me. So last week, and really the last two weeks, we dug down into this first cup and we really talked about just knowing God and knowing him more and more and more. Because how many of you guys know you can know somebody for the first time and then you can just continue to know somebody more and more and more, like perhaps your spouse, child, coworker, your boss, etc. You have a first time interaction and then you have a deepening of relationship over time. And the more time you spend with that person, the more that you know that person. Well, the same is true in our walk with faith. And so for the last two weeks, if you missed it, you can go back on our YouTube channel and check it out. We talked about knowing God. Today, we're going to move on to the next cup. What we're going to talk about for the next two weeks is finding freedom. And this is a big deal. Because I would be so bold. I'm convinced. You couldn't talk me out of this. That every single one of us hearing this message need freedom. Every one of us. From something. Now, I know that some of us have found freedom from some big things, and some of us have found some freedoms from some small things, but I would venture to say that regardless of where you are in knowing God, your journey of faith, etc., maybe you're a, a brand new Christian, you're just trying to figure this life of faith out, maybe you've walked with God for decades and decades, and man, you know scripture, and you can pray the paint off of walls, like you just, you are leaned in, maybe you are far from God, that you do not have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, and it's something that you're considering, you're, you're wanting to learn more about, regardless of where you are, you need freedom. More and more freedom, because not only can I know God once, I can know God more and more and more. Not only can I find freedom from something, I can find more and more and more freedom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Are you with me this morning? So I would say that every single one of us can receive today, because I believe every single one of us need to find freedom. Now I want to look at Ephesians 6, 6 again, real fast. Let's, let's look at it. It's going to be on the screen, and I'll keep, if it's all right with you, I'll keep looking at it like this. The father says to Moses, hey, I want you to go and give my, give my people a word. And here's what he says. Uh, no, go back to uh, Ephesians, that, that one right there, thank you. Say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out. I'm going to bring you out from under this yoke of the Egyptians, and I'll free you from being slaves to them. Which sounds like the same thing doesn't it? Well, if you're going to get me out of slavery, why then do you need to free me from slavery? Like I'm already out of there. But here's a statement I want you to capture. I've said it multiple times throughout the series. You can be brought out of slavery and you can still have slavery in you. I might be able, I might be brought out of captivity, but I can still think like I'm captive, think like I'm in slavery. I can, I can operate under a belief that I am still bound or held to something. And I want to unpack this today. I want to dig deep. Because I, wanna, I want you to think for a second about these Israelites who spent hundreds of years in this captivity. Hundreds of years that they were slaves. Meaning that people were born into slavery. Like they just, their birth, they start to grow up, they start to live their life. And all they know is life as a slave. Here's the reality. That you and I are the exact same way. Because we might not be under the oppression of like a country who's forcing us to make bricks and do work and build things. We might not be told, hey, it's time to eat and, you know, now it's not time to eat. Hey, it's time for bed, so go to bed. Hey, now it's time to wake up. Which every student in the room is like, that's exactly what my mom does to me. <laughs> Still a little different. 
But the reality is that you and I, when we are born, we're born into slavery. Our slavery is sin. And what God wants to do is set us free from the life of slavery. He not only wants to take us out of it, but he wants to take slavery out of us. And that's what I want to unpack and talk about a little bit deeper today. Is that okay? Are you ready to go deeper? All right, good, good, good. I've got a handful of people. I'll take you there. Here we go. Here we go. I want, I want to show you something. This is Ephesians chapter 1. This is actually a chapter and a verse that we've looked at already in this series that, that reinforces in the New Testament what God is trying to do in his people. And here's what it says. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's praying. And he says, I keep, dear Jesus, that's my microphone, and I'm going to try to ignore that, okay? I want you to try to ignore that with me. If it gets worse, I'll go grab that handheld mic and use that, though it's not my preference. Fair enough? How many times should we allow that to happen before I make a trade? Three more times? 77. Well done. Well done. Thank you. I'll take that. All right. <laughs> that was awesome. All right, let's go. Ephesians, I am going to try to ignore it because I don't like holding a microphone, but if it becomes too much of a distraction, for your sake, I'll hold the microphone, okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing a letter to church people just like us. They gather together, they worship together, they serve together, et cetera, et cetera. So exactly the church experience that you know is exactly the context in which he's writing this letter to. And here's what he says. He says, I keep asking, it's a prayer, I keep asking, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And there's two things I want us to see today, so that you may know him better. That's cup one. I can know God, and I can know him better, and better, and better, more, and more, and more. And that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. And so not only do I want you to know God, but I need things in your heart to change. And I need you to see things a certain way because again you can bring me out of slavery but it's more difficult to get slavery out of me it's like you can take her out of the trailer park but all right i'm just kidding all right all right i'm so sorry i'm totally kidding i'll be reprimanded by somebody later i'm sure um but here's the reality, jokes aside, here's the reality that based on our lenses, the way that we see things will determine the way that we live, believe, and behave. I remember years ago, I wear uh, contacts, uh, I have since I was about 14 years old, and I remember when I got my contact lenses and and they and they went into my eyes and i just remember the like the difference it was staggering to me like oh my gosh those trees have individual leaves on them did anybody else think like that when, when it happened for you like oh like the, the the details that you see that you didn't see before and here's the thing i honestly didn't know i need corrective vision there were just signals and some things happening where some other people were like you are like are you okay and i'm like i don't think so but what do you mean let's specify right like and it got to the point where just let's go to the optometrist let's have a let's have an eye exam i did that and then i recognized that i wasn't seeing clearly my vision was blurred it was an improper view once i got corrective vision i could see so much clearer and so much better the same is true for our lives today that what you've experienced what you know what your background is the challenges that you've had the the parents that you, that god gave you the work that you've done the the experience of your life 
they fabricate lenses in which we see our lives. And here's the reality, whether we recognize it or not. In the same way that I was completely blurry visioned and did not know is the same reality that we see through sinful eyes and oftentimes we do not know. Until someone helps us to see clearly, we don't recognize that we don't see well. Amen, everybody? So I want to show you something because I want to I get into this a little bit. I want to take you to Luke chapter 4. Here's the words of Jesus. And I, let's just look at it together. It's more fun for me to do it this way with you, if that's okay, even though I'm humming over this. Let's try this. Good morning, Marcy, again. All right, here we go. The Bible says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, powerful word there, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim, look at it, freedom for the prisoners and what? Recovery of sight to the blind. Why? Because Jesus is saying, I want you to be free. I don't want you to walk around in slavery any longer. I don't want to just get you, can I say it in our very churchy language? I don't want you to just get saved. I want you to live the full experience of salvation. I don't want you to just be a Christian, just be a church attender. I don't need you to just do churchy stuff. I want you to walk in this life of freedom and faith and new levels of depth and understanding of who I am. I want the pains and the things that cling to you and hang on to you, the things that hold you back and stop you from advancing to the places that I've called you to go. I would like you to be relinquished and freed of those things, so I need the eyes of your heart to be enlightened. I need you to see it the way that I want you to see it. What I'm saying to you is I need you to consume this cup over and over and over so that you find new freedoms all of the time. If that's something you desire, just say amen right there. Because the reality is that whether we know it or not, we can get ourselves into some institutionalized ways of thinking. If I've always been a slave, it is hard for me to think like I'm free. If this is all I know, then this is what I do. So think about Israel for just a moment who was born into captivity. Every part of their life was dictated by someone else. They were told when it was time to wake up and when it was time to go to work and when it was time to eat and what materials and products they would have for their work day. They were told what time it's, it is to go to sleep and they were dictated their entire lives was just told to them what to do. In the same way, can we all just, can we just take a moment and just realize that we're very real people? So can we talk real? In the very same way, there are things on the insides of our lives that often tell us everything to do. There are people in this room that you say to yourself, if only I could let that go, it would change my life. If I just didn't think like that anymore, if I could just trust men, if I could just better understand what a father actually is, if I actually could parent in a way that God loves me, oh, if only I could learn to love her sacrificially and not selfishly, oh, if I could only kick this habit, my life would be so much better. Are we real in the room? We need freedom. 
But what happens is that when, I, when I'm born into this captivity or lived in this captivity, there are some of us in this room right now that don't actually think we ever can be free. We are so convinced by the pattern of our life, regardless of our desire, that we have already reserved the right to be free. And let me say it this way. You don't believe you can see it any differently because this is how it's always been. I've always made poor health choices. I've never been good with money. I, I always overeat. I consume too much. I partake in that. I don't do this. I do that. And if we are not careful, the mind of slavery, even though we know God, can keep us bound to a former way of life. And I want to talk about that. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, very popular scripture. Many of you may know it. The Bible says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing your, say it out loud, renewing your In other words, I have to learn to think differently. Because my mind is the spiritual battlefield of my life. And what Satan would love for me to do is think like a slave. You'll always have this issue. You'll never be free from this. And so here's what I want you to hear me say. It's a statement that's going on the screen. God is not calling us. It's going to set some of you free. He is not calling us to be well-behaved slaves. He's inviting us to be sons and daughters who bear his name. There is a distinct difference in these two, two things. They couldn't be further from each other in truths. Because listen, some of us, all we're trying to do is just behave better. And what we need to do is believe better. Because what happens when we come to know God is that we are transformed into a new creation. But what the reality is that I have this way of thinking, I've been a slave for so long that sometimes it's hard for me to believe that I'm any different. Because again, you may have taken me out of my captivity, but that captivity is still on the inside of me. And because of ways that I see it, the ways that I think about it, the ways that I believe it, oftentimes they hold us longer than God would like us to be there. And I believe that God is trying to set his church free. And there is a huge difference between being a slave and being a son. You remember the, remember the story of the prodigal son and how he goes, he messes everything up and he goes off and he, and he squanders his money and he squanders his parents money is what he does it wasn't his at all and he just blows it and he gets he gets to the bottom of his life and he gets to this place where he recognizes I've, I've messed this up pretty bad and so I'm just I'm gonna try to go home but I know and I want you to notice how his thinking goes I know that I can't go home with the expectation of being a son so I'll go home and be a slave I'll just be a servant in the house because even they get treated better than I'm treating myself. And he goes home, and as the story goes, the father has nothing to do with that. He says, go get a ring, go get a robe, go get some shoes. I want you to dress this boy like my son. Because when you're a son, you operate differently than when you're a slave. 
If I'm bound up in my beliefs about who I am and I'm not good enough, and what we tend to do is we will step into a relationship with Jesus in the hopes of life change, but then try to be really well-behaved slaves. That I know I'm not worthy. God, I know I don't deserve to drink from this cup. And God, I know I'm just a peasant and, and I've got all these mistakes. And I, I know that I'm not good enough. And I know that I've been disqualified by these people and that person. I got fired from that job and I didn't make that team. And I didn't do this well. And I know that I'm divorced. And I know that, you know, all this stuff's going on. And I'm, God, I know. I know that my kids, they won't even talk to me anymore. And I got all these issues. And I recognize, God, I, I'm so thankful that you let me have this cup. Now, I'll do my best, Lord God, to just walk in a relationship with you and I'll serve you, and I'll do better. Sound familiar? And, and Jesus is like, oh, no, 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 no. That's actually, it's different now. You're, you're not a slave. You're actually my son. You are my daughter, and I want you to partake from this cup because I need the way you think to change because I need you to begin to see you like I see you. I've taken you out of that captivity, and little by little, I'm going to start pulling this captivity out of you. And so if you'll just trust me and walk with me and partake in these cups along this journey with me, you will know me and know me better, and you will find find freedom and more and more of it and you will discover your purpose and continue to discover it as every season passes and you will in fact make a difference not because you got good behavior but because you're freed because you're my son because you walk in my purpose because you do what I've called and anointed and asked of you to do church listen to me carefully God does not need a bunch of well-behaved slaves God has redeemed Sons and daughters, a new name, a new status, a new place, a new way of thinking, a new way of believing. Look at Romans 8, 15, powerful. So, under the assumption that we have drank from the first cup, so, because you've partaken in this cup, you should not act like cowering, fearful slaves. You should behave, I want you to notice that word, you should behave instead like God's very own children, adopted into his family, calling him father, dear father. The significance of this word father matters because it's not like I get to say, oh father God, way up there. Oh, big, powerful master who wants to get me way a distance from me. It is an endearing embrace to say, oh, no, 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 we don't operate like that anymore. You're not a slave. You're my daughter. You're my son. This is your home. These are your clothes. These are your rights. You have access to these things. I'm empowering you to have all that I've given you to do. And what it does is gives us the opportunity to see him as this true, loving father. Like some of us don't even know what that's supposed to look like because we've never experienced it. But in this cup, you can find out what it is to have a loving father. I'm a storyteller. May I tell a quick story? Years ago, um, I, I was—I uh, failed fourth grade. <laughs> All right, I, it was so awesome. I'm like, let's run this back. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, um, <clears throat> I failed the fourth grade. Now, do me a favor. Go back to your fourth grade mind. Uh, that's tough. 
all right? That's a hard thing to, to do because all of my peers have now moved up. They are big fifth graders, and I'm stuck with these little third graders, and we just merged in the fourth grade classroom. It was really difficult. I went to a very small uh, Christian school, one of, the, one of the greatest gifts of my life was that school. My mom was the, uh, Marcy and I attended there together. That's why we've been friends for our, our whole lives, practically. Um, my mom was the uh, uh, administrator, front office person, or whatever. And so here it goes, time for me to go into fourth grade for the second time. And we are going to do uh, the, the, the classroom orientation. You guys know that? Like you go in and you meet the teacher and you see where your desk is and okay, all that kind of stuff. Well, I want you to imagine for a moment, I'm, I, it's orientation night. Um, I am at the school because my mom works at the school and what else am I going to do? And so I'm just there. And I, I'll never forget standing out in the hallway of my classroom and I remember not going in. In fact, I refused to go in the room. There was a lot of emotions going on on the inside of me. A lot of reasons why I didn't want to be in that room. First of all, I had a bad reputation. Teachers did not like my name on their roster. I am not under or overselling this. I'm just telling you the real truth about how it was in my life. People didn't really care for me. They didn't. I didn't get invited to stay the night at friends' houses because the parents were like, who? Heck no, you ain't coming over. Find somebody else. I mean, it's just the way it was. Now I'm in this unique season of my life where I've just lost my peer group, and if you can imagine in that level, they were instantly cooler than me, and they knew it. I was a little kid, and they were the big kids, and there was a social divide for me. I also knew that the teacher that I would have taught me in second grade, I'm pretty sure they, my friends told me that our teacher got fired. I think she just quit. Like, look here, I got all these misfits and Josh Hersey. I'm out. Left the school, and here comes this teacher who had experienced me already before. So I'm embarrassed. I don't have people. I know that that teacher does not want me in her classroom, but she stuck with me because I wasn't smart enough to move on or applied or whatever reasons they are. And here we go. It's going to be a really weird, rough year. Come on, man. Pray for my microphone. And so here's what happened. I'm in the hallway, and I'm just trying to survive the night. Like, whatever. If I can not get picked on today, that'd be great. And if I can avoid people, that'd be awesome. But my mom works here. I don't have a choice. And I got to be here until we close these doors. And so I'm just trying to just suck it up and get through the night. Man, a few hours of torture, and then school's going to start, and we'll just go from there. I mean, it's exactly how my head was thinking. And I remember my teacher comes into the hallway. She just, I cried last week, it should have been enough. It really should have been enough. <laughs> but this is like real, real, real for me. And so she just comes out, and I'll never forget it. She just leans over, just like, hey. And she invites me into her classroom. And let me give you a little tip, okay? Let me give you a tip. People are real smart, super intuitive. 
give them the benefit of the doubt because they read you right. All right? And so when people are phony, you can usually pick up on that really quickly. Authenticity is really difficult to fake. And even if you're good at it, it's only a matter of time before people are going to sniff out the phoniness if it's in there. And I'm a little fourth grader, but I'm perceptive. And I could tell she was serious. And I thought, you know me. You know, like, come on. I reluctantly go into her classroom. Okay. This is your chair. I'm so excited to have you in my classroom. I didn't know if I believed that one yet. (laughs) Like all my guards were up. So excited that you're going to be in my classroom this year. And I was like, do you remember me from two years ago? And that other, I'm just kidding. And then throughout the year, she seemed to like lean into me and invest into me. There was a particular recess that we went to and basketball was like the thing in our school man and so like a, a big status thing was could you ball or not that was a big deal and uh, and I'm I, God gifted my athletic and so I could I could handle it a little bit and so I'm out on recess and playing and I'm telling you right now that it I would have never remembered this day ever ever this would have been ju- just another like blurred kid memory. I wouldn't have this day would have been zero significance to me except when she we come back in from recess and she pauses everything like hey 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 before we get into our next subject because like she taught us all our subjects you know whatever before we get into our next subject I just want to pause for a moment and I just want to point out something that I think is such a big deal and I'm like cool man all right and then she starts talking about me. And she starts talking about how great I did at recess, and I didn't have a bad attitude one time, and what a great teammate, and blah, blah, blah. And she just starts bragging on me for all these people. And I was just like, I did? I, I didn't even know. Like, I, I did good? Oh, my God. Like, oh, okay, okay. And here, here's the point of this story. Here's the point of this story. That she began to change how I believed. And because my belief started to change, I didn't think anybody wanted to be around me. But she seemed to. I did not think anybody saw good in me. Except my mom, but you know. <laughs> I turned 40, stop, digression. I turned 40 recently, and I called my mom on the phone. And my mom had a real, real, real tough pregnancy uh, with me. It was pretty scary, actually. And I called her, I called her on the phone. I said, hey, mom, hey, um, hey you, remember, you remember, remember that time 40 years ago when I almost killed you? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Hey, you remember all those days after that that you wanted to kill me? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry about that too. Uh, 
<laughs> my mom being like sweetness is a superpower and she's like I don't remember any of that I'm like all right okay I love you too mom thanks anyway other than my mom I didn't think anybody saw anything good in me until this teacher started to say things and point out things and call things out and 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 here's the thing over time I believed it you mean this and I don't know where that came from other than God Earlier, we, we read this word anointed, that Jesus had an anointing to do something. She had an anointing to shape me. And because I began to believe that I could be good, and I could do better, and I could actually be likable, and I could, I could be molded and shaped, I began to change Everything. This is the next statement. For, i got to move on. Listen to me. What you believe will determine how you behave. You believe you're a loser? Watch how you behave. You believe you can change? You believe that freedom can be found? Watch what your behavior will begin to do. There is truth and power in God's word to transform our lives. In the slavery that we were born into, in the reputations that we think we have, and the things that have always held us in captivity, there is a cup that the Father would love for us to partake in. And in the same way that Tanya Rapero was my saving grace in the fourth grade is the same way, perhaps, that God's using my voice to say, hey, I want to set you free. I don't want you to be my slaves. I don't want you to be worried that I'm going to get you. I don't want you to think that I'm always angry at you or that I think you're just a screw-up and I have to tolerate you. I love you. And I want you to be my daughter my son, I want you to partake in my meals and in my space and have access to my stuff. I want you to change how you believe because it will change the way that you behave. Amen. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, watch this, and do not let yourselves be burdened again to this yoke of slavery. Why? Because you're not a slave. Don't go back. So what do I have to do? I have to, I have to like fight for it. I have to believe in it. I'll tell you something about my story. I, I recognized really, really quickly that a lot of the things people said about me were true. Like this one. Josh, you have a bad attitude. And I had to just look at myself in the mirror one day and say, you know what? That's true. I do have a bad attitude. There were times that I was told, Josh, you're lazy. And I just look in the mirror and say, well, that's true. And even though God faithfully, Ms. Rapero was one, my mom one, Ms. Stevens one, Mr. Soitzman another, Mr. Yee another, Troy Riley another. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Coaches and friends and peers and mentors. I mean, just... I'm so blessed. But as these people would start to speak into me the things that they saw that I could become, I began to lean into those beliefs. And let me tell you something. I had to work to overcome my temper. I had to work on it, but I had to believe better. Here's what I started to recognize. 
When I don't lose my temper, people like me. I, had a, I, heard, I heard a person say one time, they said, um, I know what it's like to be poor, and I know what it's like to be rich. Rich is better. <laughs> and I started, like, I know real personally what it feels like to be rejected. And I know real personally what it feels like to be embraced. I like this one. So God, what things can I do to be embraced? God, what should I believe about me that would cause me to have a different reputation? I'm not saying that finding freedom is easy, but what I am saying is, if you begin to believe what God says about you every time this, the enemy comes against you and says, there you go again, see, you'll always be up, you have to stand firm and say, I'm not going back to that yoke. That is not who I am anymore. I know God and I'm finding freedom. And even though my behavior doesn't always look like I'm a son, that's what I am and that's what I believe. And even though being a daughter is a foreign concept and I'm trying to understand it, I believe that by God's grace and by knowing him that I have that right, I bear his name and I will walk in his freedom. I will fight for my identity in Christ Jesus. I believe I'm a son. I believe I'm a daughter. I believe that I am who he said I am. I believe that I'm becoming all that he's called me to be. This is what I believe. And all of a sudden, the things in your life will begin to transform. And all of a sudden, somebody's going to say, man, I noticed something different about you. Man, that usually would have ticked you off. Man, you've never complimented me like that. Hey, I don't know what happened that day, but I saw you in traffic and you've been redeemed by something, right? <laughs> Whatever it is. But all of a sudden, we will start to mold and move like sons and like daughters. And here's where we're going to close today. It has been so hard not to just preach way too long in the series. But this is what I want you to hear me say because I really believe that there are people either in this room or tuning in online, you need to hear this. And here it is. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make all things new you are not a slave anymore drink from this first cup put your faith in Jesus Christ for your salvation and you will know God when that happens you are not a slave you've been taken out of slavery, now stand in your new identity and let God, little by little, day by day, season by season, take slavery out of you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and this is where we'll close, I, one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. The Bible says this, if any person is in Christ Jesus, anybody, anybody, anyone, anyone, do you understand that? Do you hear me? If anyone is in Christ Jesus, regardless of your past, your story, what's been said of you, what you believe about you, if anybody is in Christ Jesus, old things, they pass away. And behold, I love that word, behold, like surprise, all things are new. You want to find freedom today? all things can be made new. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. There is somebody, at least one, listening to this message right now 
you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. You didn't even know, you didn't even know that you had the opportunity to drink from this first cup and to know God, but you are so desperate to find freedom that you're saying, I'll take it. And I'm just here to tell you, listen, this is not behavior modification. He's not trying to make a bad person a good person. He's trying to set a slave free. And he wants you to be a new creation in him, bearing his name. You are not a slave. You are a son. You are a daughter. And if that's you, you say, yes, sir, count me in on that. I want to experience that in my life and in my situation. I want to invite you to say a prayer with me. It's a very simple prayer, and quite honestly, there's nothing special or magical about this prayer. What's special is what's taking place on your heart. This is an internal thing. And so I would love for you to say this prayer with me. And church family, you know how we do it. I always ask you to say it out loud with me, because I want the people saying it today for the first time to be able to say it with complete and total confidence. Here's our prayer. You'll know God. You'll find freedom. I want you to say, dear Jesus, I give you my life, all of it. Come into my heart. Forgive me my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. All that I am is yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Let's stand together and let's finish this service with worship. Come on, let's finish.